Welcome to the For the Love of Music podcast brought to you by... I'm Jessica, doing all the hard stuff. And I'm Carlos, bringing the clever quips and a face made for audio. We're always looking for new ways to enjoy two of our most favorite things, friends and music. We'll spend each episode chatting with music friends and with friends about music. So sit back, have a drink, and have some fun with us. For the love of music. Hola, peeps. We're up to podcast number six now. It's a miracle we made it this far. But uh, we have a special guest for you today, straight out of Massachusetts, singer, songwriter, folk rocker, Americana. And to me, I get a little bit of Springsteen with a little bit of country in there every now and then, too. We're pleased to welcome here Mr. Stephen Kellogg. Yay! Yeah, hello, guys. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Stephen. Welcome to For the Love of Music. Ah, it is great to be here. It is so so awesome to have you um, to have you on the podcast here. I have been a fan for many many years. I won't say how many because it dates both of us, right? But I really think <laughs> that um, what I have been impressed with with you and just sort of being a fan and and watching your music evolve. I think that you're really the hardest working man in rock and roll right now. I mean. Oh, uh, that's sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> the, I'll all, take it. The touring that you do, um, I, I've read the book, I've seen the documentary, you know, like, it's just crazy, all the music that you put out there and the love that you give back to your fans and the community. It's just amazing. So, um, you know, for somebody who who doesn't know all of that, how 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 do you get that motivation to stay so active and to stay in the game and to keep pushing and, and wearing your heart on your sleeve with every song that you sing? Um, it's just amazing. What, what, what moves you, Stephen? What keeps you going? Um, well, first of all, thank you for saying that, uh, that, that makes me happy. Uh, that's certainly kind of what you describe is certainly what I'm aiming at. So that, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, uh, and, you know, in terms of what what moves me and what makes me work hard and I go out there and hustle, hustle is that I, I, you know, I feel like there's work to be done in the world. You know, I feel like I was given a pretty good running start here in life. I, I, I'm, I, I've been really lucky to do work that I love. And, and uh, you know, I guess when I was a kid, I thought maybe it'd be a little easier than it's been, you know, mm-hmm. to do. But... I um I I feel like I get to make a difference in people's life even even you know and I don't mean that I'm not talking about changing people's life every day but just like even even being a footnote in someone's life is is something that's meaningful and uh and I get I do feel that I feel it every single day that I that I get up and work on this stuff uh and then so that moves me uh, and the other thing that moves me is, you know, I got four beautiful daughters mm-hmm. and, a, and a gorgeous wife who is my best friend. And, like, I mean, there's just so much to, to hustle for, you know. And uh, uh, like I say to my kids a lot, you know, the least we can do because of where we, you know, are just our good luck. We were born in the United States. We were born you know, in the middle class, we were like all these things that, that went our way, like the least we can do is go out in the world and try to just do what we can to make it a little bit better, you know? And so that, that gets me up every single day. And I, and I really, I like, I love looking. So 
have you have you always wanted to do this? Like, is there a, a this deep passion? Like, at, you always knew that you wanted to to be an artist and a singer, writer, guitar player. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think that I did. Uh, I would say that I did. You know, from from the time I was ten, my sister took me to see White Snake, and oh, I was that was like sweet game changer. I mean, just watching <laughs> David Coverdale, you know, prance around the stage and swing that mic around and rock those people, I was like, okay, this looks like the best job in the world. Um, I don't, I don't think that I necessarily thought it was a realistic option for me. You know. Uh, and after college, I, I tried to do a couple of other things, but it was it was I played a lot in college, a lot in high school, and it was always on the radar. And there just came a moment, um, a few years out of college, where I was like, "Wow, you know, I can I'd rather I'd rather fail trying to do this than succeed at something that feels like less of a calling," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I've been doing, you know, for that was, I mean, that was about 18 years ago. So here we are. Wow. Never looked back. Yeah. You know, there was, a, really. there was an interview I found uh, that Huffington posted a nice interview with you on you. I don't know how to phrase that. Yeah. But they have yep, a few yep. good quotes I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you about. One, one was rolling into that now that you've been at this for 18 years. They accounted. They said that you said something like you want to feel music that is meant to rock you, and you want to remember that you're still young. Is that a? Was that you? And what'd you mean by that if it was? Well, that was. I was sort of speaking specifically about a, a band tour that I was about to do. You know, because oh. I play a lot solo now. I go out a yeah, lot yeah. solo, just me and the guitar, and I love that. Mm, I mean, I yeah. love just telling. If you have it. A, if you're lucky enough to have an audience that's open to hearing some of the stories, I love telling stories. You know, yeah, yeah. it's really fun, and it's fun to tell it to people that want to hear it. You know, my wife, I probably she's probably heard my stories enough at this point, but it's like I just that's part of my favorite, one of my favorite things about this thing that we do is getting to go out and share, you know things that I thought were amusing or moving or whatever. So I do it so much solo, but what I was talking about in that Huffington Post interview is I still like to rock and roll, you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, I, you know, I might be in what I guess we call middle age now, but it's like I'm very much, there's nothing like going out with a band and yeah, playing yeah. that electric guitar and I'll mm-hmm. kick my leg up. I don't care how it looks, you know, I'm ready to roll, so... Uh, I, I and and that was what I was sort of referring to in that interview is that you know I'm not I'm not that old I can still rock and uh, and I and I like to make sure I get to do it at least at some point uh, you know a few times every year if not more you know you know yeah yeah I think it might have been the same article but you talked about about your like you see your art as communication you know do you yeah what were you getting at with that. What was the last part of that? I just missed the end of what you uh, said. The, the, you said something about how your art, you think of your art as communication. That's right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I just, I feel like there's great singers and mm-hmm. there's great songwriters and there's, you know, that everybody has kind of their superpowers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing that I've sort of honed in on with this is that I don't really care if it's a song. I don't really... You know, my voice gets shot sometimes, and I'm, I, I can't say I, I feel like the greatest singer in the world. You know, it's like mm-hmm. none of that feels like why I'm in the game. But, but to me, that that feeling of 
um, looking out and seeing who's in front of you and trying to find a point of connection between me and the people who I'm with, mm-hmm. you know, whoever they may be. Uh, whether it's, you know, I find that connection oftentimes through my songs, but sometimes just through my stories or just through, you know, some way that we're exchanging uh, energy, you know. And, and so, and that's really what keeps me coming back every year in and year out is that rush of communication. So uh, I go out sometimes and do speaking gigs and sometimes I uh, do writing gigs where I'm just writing. But whatever yeah. whatever it is I'm doing, whatever the medium is, it's all about this, this, this beautiful thing that happens when you connect to someone, you know, when yeah. you communicate between you back and forth with someone and, and relate to each other. That's a, that is the biggest rush uh, that I can imagine. I mean, that's my favorite part of the work. I think that's definitely your superpower. You know, I think your songs uh, are not just great songs, but they're great stories. And they're so relatable and they're so honest. And you have a way of connecting with an audience when you're on stage. It's just this transparency of this is who I am. And, um, uh, you have a great way of relating that story. You're also a very good public speaker because I saw your TED talk. That was amazing. Ah, good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank See? you. Um, Thank you for checking it out. Yeah, I love TED talks. But um, anybody else in your family, uh, you know, a storyteller? Like I have this picture of a grandfather who was the great storyteller of your family, and you just kind of inherited yeah. inherited that trait from him or something, or has this just been a whole yeah. craft? Well, this is so funny that you bring this up because my kids have just recently gotten into the habit of, like, pointing to their, uh, you know, genetic shortcomings, like, oh, Dad, my nose is big because of you, and things like this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys. But I've, I've passed on other things, I think, right, you know. And so you mentioned this, and, you know, there's there's three people uh, that, that jump out at me. You know, my, 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 grand, my grandmother was a, uh, she was a public, she taught public speaking. And she wrote me from a very young age about, you know, being clear when you're speaking and, Mm -hmm. you know, and was, so it was a thing in our house. You know, we all, we all gave little speeches from time to time. She'd say, jump up and tell us about your new class in junior high. You know I mean? These were things that I dreaded when I was 12, but I'm thankful for now because it did get you comfortable with getting up and talking to people, you know, and being just who you are in front of people. Uh, So I think of my grandmother who passed away this year too. So I'd love to think of her and I love to be talking about her in an interview because I feel like there, I can feel her spirit. Uh, I think of my grandfather who is my hero and has informed so many of my worldviews and like that. And he was a history PhD who didn't end up ever becoming a teacher or anything like that, but he ended up doing, um, you know, other things. But he he brought this sense that, you know, history is just is just you know bringing the the tales of the past to life. So they were married to each other, and they were definitely a powerhouse combo. And then my dad, who will be on sets with me. Oh, cool! Um, cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll, if you if you're anywhere near me, you're going to meet him because I he's not as humble as I wish he was, but he's a, a charming <laughs> and lovely man. I mean, he he may cut a line like I'm Stephen Kellogg's dad. I'm like dad. No one fucking cares. You're killing me here, you know. Like any kid and their parent, I'm like, you know. But he's a beautiful man and a, and a really, he's a good speaker, too, and has done a lot of it. And so I was really lucky. I had three good influences in my life who've really helped me get comfortable with that format, you know. So let, let's talk about Sats for a second. Um, this, so this is number five coming up in how many weeks, Carlos? In seven. We just seven. did the seven-week countdown Friday post. Yeah, yeah. So nice. we're recording this, uh, and it's seven weeks to go. And, um, you know, you've been on before, and um, we're so happy that you're, you know, I feel like this is the final crescendo with all of our favorites coming back on board. So I was just thrilled for you to be there. But what is it like being an artist um, and now returning again to being, uh, you know, returning artists on sets? What's the experience like for you? Well, it's a it's a great cruise, and it's really my speed of kind of where I'm at as an artist. I really like. I I think it's a great, uh, and this this is just my impression. I don't know what other people, would, but to me, it's a great blend of a party and like and a good leisurely hang. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just a party, mm-hmm. and it's not too mellow. Like it's perfect. And yeah, I've done yeah. a bunch, and I and I love all the different cruises that Six Man does for different reasons, but. I love the uh, this one is just right up my alley. I mean, it's just the right amount of yucking it up mixed with some hang time. And uh so I was so happy to be invited back, you know, and I um the shows I've done with Train over the years have been some of my favorite shows. I always find that uh Train fans are are wonderful people to play to and I've I've related to that audience and to the guys in the band and so um, you know, I, I love so many of the acts that are on the uh, cruise this year. You know, Robert Randolph, I, I just co-wrote his single for his album that's up for a Grammy. I was going to ask yeah. you about that. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is awesome. And we can get into that when you, you know, when you have your question or whatever. But it's like he's a friend, you know. Michael Franti someone I've known casually for a number of years. But, I'm, you know, how can you not be inspired by him? Mm-hmm. Pat McGee, he's my oldest friends in the in the business. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's great company to be in. And so much of what makes you sort of happy with your life is just being able to look around and like the people that you're surrounded by. So it's, it's an honor to be there. Awesome. And the night before you're playing at the house of blues, right? That's right. Yeah. Me and Pat McGee and Todd Carey are going to at the house of blues in new Orleans. Yeah, that's yep. going to we, be... we both have tickets for that one, right, Yes, Jeff? we do. Yes, we do. That's good. It's almost sold out. And Pat Pat McGee and I were on the phone today just talking about what a what a gift and what a blessing it is when tickets sell early so you can just get on to putting on a great show and you're not sitting there trying to constantly figure out how to, you know, get the word out. And stuff. It's just so... It's a real gift. We're all, I know that Todd, Pat, and myself are all appreciative of everybody Thanks. buying their tickets up early and... We're, we're, we have a great show planned. Yeah, so if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, that's your warning. You better go pick yeah. them up. <laughs> yeah, it right. will sell it out. It definitely will sell out. Yeah, this, sure. will, this is going to sell out soon, like next week or two, I would guess. Yeah, get. so don't wait. So don't wait. Usually, one of the things we've been asking uh, everyone who, who comes on the program 
is, is uh, if they can tell us the story of one of your, you know, your a memorable gig. Maybe not necessarily your absolute favorite, but but a behind-the-scenes story of a of a memorable gig in your long distinguished career here. Oh my God, where do we, that's like that's that's an overwhelming <laughs> question. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I need some direction. I have so many gigs that I remember so vividly, um, uh, and I don't know what's the most interesting to anybody else. They're was, all so, I mean... Was God, there anything so that was unexpected? You know, that, that it turned out to be something un, unexpected that uh, when you walked in. Well, I'll tell you, you know, for whatever reason, this one's popping into my head, so I'm just going to grab right. it. But cool. I, you know, so uh, <laughs> about about a year ago, uh, I got, I, I was invited down to South Carolina to do a performance. And... Um, and it was supposed to be a double bill with myself and my band and Richie Simbora from Bon, bon Jovi. Wow, that's cool. Uh, yeah, super cool, you know. And uh, and I had met Richie once or twice before, but this was like still very exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So Richie had some flight trouble, didn't get into the show, and we went on and played the show, and it was great. We had a great time, uh, and we were hanging around the hotel the next day. Uh, and I was doing something I rarely do. I was working out. Uh, I really, I, I, I'm not an exercise guy. So this was like a big thing that I'm in there. And I got a call and they said, hey, Richie's going to be in in a little bit. And he wants to know if you want to do living on a prayer with him tonight. What? And so, I mean, this is like the thing where you're just like, and so I had just, you know, turned 40 years old. This time last year, I just turned 40. And, you know, I love my life. I have no complaints. But at 40, you're, for, you're faced to sort of you're, so, you're sort of faced to come to terms some things that may not happen that you dreamt of. And yeah, some yeah. that have happened and are, are now possibly behind you. And, of course, there's plenty that lays in front of me. So this isn't like a sad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay. But one of those things that sort of hadn't happened, you know, was this getting to be, I always said, I want to be Bon Jovi when I grow up. I used to say it all the time, you know? Didn't we all? Yeah. And here, and here I was going like, well, I'm going to get to sing like lead vocals on Living on a Prayer with Richie Sempora playing guitar. And while that might not be exactly what I had in mind when I said I want to be Bon Jovi, like, that's pretty, that's that's pretty, close. pretty cool thing, you that's know? That's right there and, for everybody else. Unless yeah. you are Bon Jovi, yeah, that's, that's close That's pretty enough. close, yeah. That's pre- it's pretty close, and I got to go, and I did did it, and I said to my uh, my drummer's w- uh, wife was with us that night, and I said, I, I said Genevieve, please, I don't care what you do, just please take a picture of this because I'm going to be pinching myself <laughs> while I'm up there. So, and it happened, and I, I it was great fun, and and uh, you know, so yeah, that that one comes to mind, but there's so many, and they all have different reasons for being remembered, but uh, that's one that that popped into my head tonight. And you're headed uh, in February down in the city. You're headed to the city winery, right? Is that you? I think so. Yes, um, I'm. I'm headed to uh, what's it? What, what's it is. you guys in? So that I'm uh, clear, because uh, I'm going to a couple city wineries. Uh, down in New York City, <laughs> are you going to that one? New York City, I don't have a city winery show on the books right now. I'm going to city winery Nashville in March, Nashville. March 13th, and I'm going to okay. city winery Chicago on the 15th. Nice. And I love the city winery in New York and, and do 
do something or other there yeah, uh, every year. Actually, but Chicago, I don't have a date on the books. The Chicago one, you should. We have lots of folks there. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're gonna see some of some some of the Sats family will be uh, cheering you on there. What was the date for the Chicago one? The Chicago show is March 15th, and I'm not I'm not I'm not just saying this, but there are literally about 50 tickets left for that one too. So nice. that's uh, I wish all the shows were this way, but I mean this is I get to for one moment be like, yeah, these two shows are pretty close to sold out. So I'm doing that in Chicago, and then I'll be back in Chicago. I'm holding an annual event there this year, June 22nd and 23rd, where. Uh, I, I do a thing called the SK Family Barbecue, mm-hmm. and we yeah. usually do yeah. it in, in D.C. Or, or New England, but we're moving it to the Midwest this year. Yeah. So um, I have a couple of fun Chicago things coming up that I'd, I'd love to see some of the Sats family there. All right. So and, t- uh, you're, you're, tell us about uh, what's your next tour. So my next tour is, is it's called the Postcard Tour, and it starts uh, February 8th and goes till March 25th, and I'm doing a bunch of the, the South east and the mid-atlantic and the midwest we're doing some uh you know sats will be part of that and then and then finishing in the northeast so i'm i'm uh i'm about at the end of a record cycle so it's my last tour for a little bit and i'm Mm -hmm. i'm going out we put a big board of all the songs in the lobby every night and let the audience kind of vote on that's you know which that's awesome which what they want to hear and what deep cuts and i you know, and then I'll pick a bunch of those songs and put them in the set list. So we're oh, just mixing really cool. it up and having fun. Yeah. And where do people go to find out about uh, you know where you're going to be on the tour? So uh, the best place would be, I mean, obviously people love Facebook, and that's cool. You can just look up Stephen Kellogg on on Facebook. But uh, but otherwise, my website is is the mecca for information, and it's stephenkellogg.com, and it's s t e p h e n k e l l o g g. Uh, dot com. So I I I can't let this go without talking to you about two things. First of all, the uh, the the family barbecue. I mean, come on. Yes. That is like the coolest thing. I've never I've never had the opportunity to go (laughs) myself. But um, I just think it is from a, a fan's perspective, it is the absolute coolest thing. So for people that have no idea what this is, please explain the Stephen Kellogg family barbecue. Because this is amazing. Okay. All right. Great. Well, thank you for your enthusiasm very much. Um, so what it is is, you know, I sat around uh, one day with my family and my wife and my manager, and we said, like, what would we want to do with our favorite artists? What kind of event could we create? Because, you know, we're not we're not we're not in the position to do a cruise or something like that. But what would be our kind of thing that we could do with our people? And, you know, what we settled back on was it would be fun to, like, have a burger with your favorite artists. You know, it would be fun to <laughs> sit around with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and, and, and play horseshoes, you know. And, 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 of course, hear a bunch of music, including some that you don't always get to hear. You know, hear some deep cuts and have some special sets of music if you're a big fan, you know. Maybe it's an acoustic set or an album that hasn't gotten played in a while or something like that. Um, so we we built the event around that idea that what would be all our favorite things to to do, and we kind of came up with you know I always think of when I think of my my favorites I always want to ask them a few questions so we built that in to be part of it you know let's have a little Q and A that can happen where 
any anything anybody's ever wondered uh they can they can ask and and uh so over the years this is our eighth year doing it but we've built thing where we do um a couple of shows you know and and usually a two sets a night and we'll play like i'll let the fans vote on an album this year we're going to do and we're going to do that whole album from beginning to end and then there'll be kind of a deep cuts set that we'll do usually acoustic because it's a little easier that way mm -hmm. um and and then but then what we do during the day on the saturday is we have a big barbecue nice. and we play cornhole and we have a home run derby <laughs> wiffle ball and we do a kids concert for anybody that wants to bring their kids you know to it um nice uh and it's a real it's it's really uh I lose my voice a bit easily, and I'm not, you know, it's hard for me to be quiet. So I don't, I don't always get to spend as much time with people before and after shows as I would like to. Um, but, but for this weekend, it kind of really allows me to get together with everybody and just hang because we, you know, we don't nice. put a lot of shows before or after it, so we just know that we can go in mm -hmm. and really just spend yeah. spend the time with with uh, the people that want to be there. And it's become such a beautiful community. I mean, I. And now my kids come every year, and they're part of it, and we, you know, play some music cool. together. So, so that's what the that's what the event is. Cool. Jessica, how did you miss that? I have not missed it. I just had not been able to go for one reason or another, location or conflicting dates or whatever. But it's it's on my radar. It's on my list. I will get there. Someday. It's fun. I hope yeah. you get to go. And I mean, I and I and so I sometimes because again, it's like it. You know, we're we're in the business. We're in a very we're middle class rock and roll heroes over here. You know, so we <laughs> we never know like should we do this again or you know it's not this big money maker. It's just this great fun event that requires a ton of energy. And my manager and I were have more than once kicked around like should we keep doing this? And the greatest thing was that last year my kids were overhearing this and they and they came in and they said and they looked at me like. How could you, you traitor? And they said, Dad, Aww. you can never stop doing the family barbecue. This <laughs> means nice. this means too much to people. And I was like, just them saying that made me be Aww. like, all right, all right, kids, I'll never let you down. Family <laughs> barbecue every year. It's got to be awesome. Just that they're that dialed into what you're doing has got to feel great as a father. Yeah, it does. It really does. That's like one of those moments where you're like, okay, there's plenty of moments that feel the reverse, so I'll take it when it works. You know? <laughs> that's right. The one is I know. I mean, Jessica and I have kids too, yeah, so you yeah. take that, and that's gold for years. Yeah, gold. Hang on <laughs> yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put it in the bank, exactly. <laughs> so the other thing that I have to ask you about um, is your lyrics for charity that you do every year. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's great that you sort of have that connection to – community and there's a you know something that you do that's just from your heart to try to give back to the community so how did that get started that got started in 2006 when myself and the sixers played the uh saint jude children's hospital for the first time uh... we played there uh, many times after but we went the first time and i think up to that point in our mind you know it's like you give back when you actually have money yourself that was what we were thinking you know when you have money then you give back but until you get the money you need to think about yourself it was kind of like our our sort of group mentality mm -hmm. and then we went and played the saint Jude children's hospital and we were so floored i mean talk about a life-changing mm -hmm. experience to go into this hospital where 
you know, where they, the first thing they tell people when they get there is like, we're going to work out the financial end. You don't have to worry about that anymore, um, yeah. which is exactly what people need at that point. And, and that they share information with other, you know, hospitals and they're not guarding their research. You know, I mean, the, the whole idea behind that has so much that is right in the world yeah. that it totally changed our thing and we went home and we we're like all right well that we're not going to be that way anymore like we're we don't at that 2006 i mean none of us we could all barely pay our rent and i'm and so in some ways some of that hasn't changed a lot but i mean we were really just starting out and really more than ever making very modest incomes and so mm -hmm. it felt a little wild to say how can we raise money for other organizations but we did yeah and none of us uh, ever regretted that. I mean, that was always that was a great thing, and it was a great lesson in life. That you know, you give what you have to give, and that's and that's um, never a bad thing. It will always come back to you tenfold. You know, so nice. um, that's where it began, and then and then it was just thinking of ways to to do that, and, and the lyrics became a really good way. Uh, you know, to have a steady thing every year that there seemed to be a demand for, and you know, people get to give interesting Christmas gifts, and I get to read my lyrics over and over and be like, "Hey, I like this," or you know, and so uh, it's it's become something that I that I look forward to and and um, really am thankful for. So, for awesome. people that don't know what it is, it's you you handwrite lyrics right yeah we yeah i had you could people can every year uh and i always say it's like the mcrib and people are like the mcrib is gross and i'm like okay i, I hear you there <laughs> but the point is the mcrib comes and it goes like it's not available all the time uh because it's a very time consuming thing but uh you know late in the fall every year we we put up on our online store uh that we we make handwritten lyrics available and people can pick the song and who they want it personalized to uh, and we write that, those up, and then we pick various charities, and we we donate uh, a substantial portion of the proceeds to. Uh, usually, children's hospitals are part of it, but in recent years, we've branched out and started to work with a lot of other organizations that we uh, believe in, and you know, causes we believe in. So we've been able to raise um, quite a bit of money and awareness on some of this stuff. So that was very cool, very cool, Stephen. All right. Yeah. Carlos, Carlos, <laughs> do you it's have any always, other questions? It's it's always good to to wrap up on the high note of, of charity and doing the right thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong so, with that. Uh, yeah. And for let's uh, for the people out there who aren't as familiar with Stephen Kellogg, how can they find your music? Where should they go ahead and to get a listen? Well, I would say go wherever you're comfortable. Go to, uh, if, if iTunes is your thing, of course, it's up on iTunes. You know, I love my my website as a place because we do, me and my kids, we fill all the orders on our online store. That's something that we, that's like their chores. They're, and, <laughs> that's and I, awesome. And when they're, when they're complaining about it, I'm like, you guys, you guys have to sign like autographs and fill out packages. It, like I had to clean <laughs> toilets. You got, you don't have it that bad, you know? Um, so there's that, but of course, Spotify too, you know, like if you want to just check it out, what it's about, just go on Spotify and there's uh, several albums under Stephen Kellogg and several under Stephen Kellogg and the Sixers, which is my uh, longtime band. Uh, and you know, um, and I, and I, I, 
if you think it might be for you, obviously I appreciate people uh, giving it a chance and seeing if, if, if the music moves them in some way. That's uh, I always appreciate the spreading of the word and the exposure. So thank you guys thank you. for having me on your podcast. And, and I would say if, if, you, if you like Stephen's um, music, there's a documentary out there about you mm-hmm. as well. Right, Last Man Standing. You see, you, I know you can get it on Amazon and probably many other places. Right, that's a very cool yeah. Piece. Amazon, it's free if you're an Amazon Prime member. It's a, it's an Amazon exclusive right now. Um, it's called Last Man Standing, and it's a 30 minute documentary by a by a really uh, amazing filmmaker out in L.A. and um, who I had hired to do like a a two minute promo thing and the and he just kind of took it over and said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, te- I'm telling this story and I, I am, I am moved that it exists in the world and try to live up to the guy that I see in that movie. I think it's very cool. So check that out as well. Last man standing, um, Amazon prime. Definitely. Right. Cool. It's awesome. So uh, thank you so very much, thank you, uh, Stephen, Steven, for for joining us, us little people uh, on this little podcast we got going here. <laughs> uh, not little at all. Thank you guys for this great uh, chat and for your research and your enthusiasm. Really, thank you. I can't wait to meet you on Sats and and uh, or meet you again. I should say. Yeah, and, and we'll and really uh, we'll, we'll be there. Like, at, thanks. We'll be there at the House of Blues. Yeah. I'm going to be looking right, out for well, your you'll dad. Da- you'll see my dad. Yeah. My dad will be wearing probably a shirt that says, like, I'm Kellogg's dad or something <laughs> like that. I'm going to find but, him. Uh, oh, what's his name? What's his name? His name is Stephen Kellogg. So oh, he's, so that's yeah. not hard to remember? He's, he's okay. a senior. Okay, Stephen uh, Senior. But let him know I said nice things about him, too, because he knows <laughs> I'm always like, Dad, you got to be humble in this. You know, like, you can't go, like, he's, he's a beautiful guy. He's a really, he's been a good Dads role model. Dads don't have to be humble. The kids that are actually doing it have to be humble, but the dads don't. Yeah, that's yeah, the I guess not. Well, mm-hmm. then he's off the hooks. You'll probably see him at the blackjack table, you know, so. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, if, when your daughters are doing, uh, you know, are doing their best, and you know, you're not going to be humble about what they're doing. No. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You know, you're absolutely right. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the proudest papa that ever was. So. Yes, you yeah, are. You're, it's true. Yes, you yep. are. Yep. Right. Well, thank right, you so you guys. much for joining us, and we appreciate uh, you giving us your time here, and, and for absolutely. all the people. And for all the people out there, that was podcast number six. So thank you from Jessica in New Hampshire. Say goodbye, Jessica. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and from Carlos here in New York right now. Uh, Till next time, everybody, just remember, find every excuse to love. You've been listening to the For the Love of Music podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us online on Facebook at For the Love of Music podcast. Or drop us a note at for the love of music podcast at gmail.com. So for Carlos, I'm Jessica. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again. Bye.